I got the joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I'm Kathleen. I'm Joel. And today we are talking about... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Joy. I didn't know I was going to do it this week. We're talking about things that bring us joy and real joy, not that made-up joy you get on the internet. Joys. Ooh, very good. Or substitutes for joy. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to do our family check-in. We're going to check in with each other. You should check in with your family. How are you doing, Joel? I'm doing great. It's been a long week. It's Tuesday. <laughs> And it's only going to get longer because we're off all next week. Uh, we are going to Disneyland. What? What? Which will be a ton of fun. But it means I've got to clear my desk this week for two weeks. We're also going to my brother's wedding, not just Disneyland. Yeah. Hey, look, guys, I love you, but your wedding's not Disneyland. Uh, it's okay. They don't it's a different to kind of Disneyland. They Actually, do they do. To it, yeah. <laughs> Your family's the worst. I can't even talk about them on the podcast. Because they were, they uh, actually support the things that I do. Yeah, let's make fun of my family some more. They don't listen to this. <laughs> Go on. So, yeah, no, I'm doing really great. I'm just tired as heck. It's going to be a long week. It's already been a long week. Nothing ruins your Friday night, like looking up the clock and realizing it's Tuesday morning. Yep. <laughs> but, it, is, it has been a long week already. How about you? How are you doing? Um, I am doing okay. I think that I am caught up enough. To go on this, not right now, but you also I turn into a robot. I will be. I caught, think I am caught up. <laughs> I will be caught up enough to go on this trip by the time we actually need to leave. I had the weirdest thing happen to me there today. I haven't even told you about it because I saved it for the pod. Every single week, I go to lunch with my best friend. Not me. Yeah, you're right. Not you. And we talk, and um, she's going through a lot of stuff right now. Um, not the least of which is a herniated disc in her back and it's just a very hard time and we go and we sit and we eat tacos and vent to each other and some lady heard us and then followed me back to the office and then asked to speak with me in private and then took me into a room and we talked for a while and she um, encouraged me and prayed for me and prayed for my friend and her back and I fell apart for like an hour afterwards. And it was just like, she said, the Holy Spirit sent me in here to talk to you and to, and to encourage you and to just, you know, speak into you. And she followed me and I, I'm just, I needed it so badly. And she was so kind and so loving, um, even though like she heard us like, kind of at our worst for like 45 minutes you guys at your worst are still pretty pretty tame but like she just was she was just there in all of the right ways that a person should be and she had a prompting from the holy spirit and she followed it and it was and I, so i of course i come out of this meeting and i'm a wreck and everybody in the office is like what did that lady do to you and 
thank God I work in a church because when I like explained it in like four words, they were all like, okay. <laughs> Which was very funny because they were all so like, like up in their protective mode and then like completely diffused. Yeah. Well, you brought a stranger into room. I mean, I'm glad you had that experience. Please never, if a stranger follows <laughs> you back to your office, please call security. I mean, it was like borderline crazy, but it was no, like- No, it's 100% I, crazy, but we have a crazy God who does crazy things. Yeah, and, it was a real thing, and it was very, you don't get to experience that every every day, um, or I think a lot of people don't get to experience it in their lifetime, and it's because she was brave enough to follow, um, and I was- brave enough to receive it i often and this is maybe we should save this for its own episode i am often jealous of you and my mother because you are the type of people who we will get in line at the grocery store and by the time we've checked out you're talking to the checker like hey cool well i'll come back next week and check in on your mom and make sure everything's like you guys mm, your are best mom's friends more already. that way than i am but i you're pretty good at it, and it. I'm like, please don't look at me in the eyes. I don't yeah. want to make eye contact here. I'm not ready for this. So speaking of joy, let's get to our topic today. Today's topic is all about joy. I think that Christians and non-Christians alike, when you ask them, like, well, what do you really want for your family and your kids? And Quiet. No. Oh. <laughs> I just want to have happy, healthy kids. Um, essentially, we want lives filled with joy, and we're pretty much willing to do anything to obtain it. Including ruin our lives. That's true. Um, and ruin so, our children's lives. There's actually people in jail right now because they wanted their children to have the best joy. life. Yep. Um, so that, that's what we need to look at is that God, um, we have God, God gives us blessings, but God is not a means to joy. Joy is a byproduct of a loving relationship with God. Um, if you look at Psalm 37, 4, which says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Makes you be like, okay, well, if I delight in the Lord, then I will get what I want. But like, that's not what it's saying. It Sort of. It's saying you'll get what you want, but I think what you want is not what you think you want. What, what you need to be happy where happiness is is it's not what we think it is well it's what it's saying is when you find your delight in the lord you will you will find happiness because once you've reoriented your heart in that direction you will get the desires of your heart because god's like i'm here for you i'm with you if the desire of your heart is me and you delight in me then i'm here and he yeah. can give you that and he does give you that but you have to reorient your brain. The byproduct of that is is this joyful life. Um, but as soon as you start to think, if I follow God, I'll get the things I want. If I follow God, I'll get a happy and joyful life. That is that's pointing at the wrong target. It's the it's not getting what you desire. It's it's a change in who you are and what you desire. Yes. And. We'll talk about it more later, I think. A reorientation. Yeah. Not eating sugar, not having cake for dinner, <laughs> having vegetables for dinner and being like, oh, this is what I actually need it. I think of God as more of a blueberry, something that is nutritious and delicious. So the first thing we were going to look at is where your joyful moments come from. Um, so Joel 
Where do, what are your joyful moments um, in life? My most joyful moments are, man, it's so corny, right? Coming home from work, like literally my least joyful moments are the actual travel coming home. I have anger issues in traffic, but then I get home and I'm cranky and I open the door and I stop being cranky and everything is fine. Why? Because you guys are here. I know it's so corny. It hurts me to say it. <laughs> you guys, like the kids fill me with joy. You fill me with joy. Just walking into the house, um, a house of love and, and support and fun and happiness. Just, it's a joyful moment five days a week. How about you? My joy comes, um, my, I, as I like reflected, I was like, well, what are the moments when I feel like the biggest surge of joy? It's when one of our kids um, reveals a little bit more of who they are and who God made them and what God is making with them. Um, some new action or some new saying or some new revelation that they have. And there's that combined with sharing it with you. So if we're in the same room and somebody says something that surprises me, we're like, oh, I just saw another piece of that creation. I never mm -hmm. saw another piece of Dane revealed, another piece of Levi revealed um, that I've never seen before. And then we share it. Um, that is the recipe for joy for me. I like sharing things with you. Well, so that's the two pieces of that are essentially that we are delighting in what God made, um, which is literally delighting in the Lord. Like, look at this thing that he is make that he has made and this thing that he is doing with this thing that he has made i'm sitting there and i'm literally delighting in it there's a lot I'm, of things in that he made our, our kids us our family our relationship and we're also we're doing that delighting within the context of a relationship um so he wants us to love one another he wants us to share intimacy with one another and um our intimacy is increased with that um joint delight in god yeah. And I think that's your kind of thesis of of the pod. If if you have to have one, I'm I my thesis is build systems, and I think yours is be in relationship with people. We have mm -hmm. a relational God. He is he is a God of relationships. A God who says go go to church once a week, not because you can't praise me in the woods, but because you need to be amongst people. Well, it feels like putting the 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 all the episodes we've done to this point into like a bigger context. Um, that I can, the presence of God um, is most clear to me when I am interacting with another person. One of my favorite lines from Lamez is to love another person is to see the face of God, which I'm not sure how good the theology is in that, but I love that line um, because it, to like me, when, for instance, you're in a bad place I wish it was and in the a Bible. <laughs> stranger follows you to work and gives you a hug. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just like, oh, no, there you are. Um, there it's you kind are. of in the Bible. Yeah. Well, yes. God, but I just God love... is love and everyone who loves knows yes. God. And if you don't love, you don't know God. It's true. But I just love the way. Uh, I don't know who wrote the music for Les Mis, but mm, I don't know. Oh, or it might be, be the it... lyrics, not oh, the music. Well, and the other thing, too, is it might be in the book and I just don't know it. So the next question is, what are the activities that bring you the most joy? <laughs> oh, God. Besides that. Creating things with you, building things, working on the house. Uh, when we do podcasts together, that's when I think we're at our best and I'm having the most fun is when we're redecorating the bathroom for no reason. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think that the reason that we both um, get a lot of joy out of that activity is the idea. Wait, which one of those? The being creative together. Those, Again, to which fair, one of those? All right. Building. <laughs> Dang it. 
All right. Regardless, in creating both, things no, and building things. In both of those situations, we are um, in relationship to one another and we are uh, being creative. Now, there's the concept of being an image bearer of God. Somebody, we were created in God's image. And as we, on, on earth, we can bear his image when we act like him. Um, when we are being creative, we are being like God. God is the creator. He is creative in every way. He imagined everything that exists and created it. So when we are being creative in this world, whether we're writing or podcasting or doing art or coming up with a building or landscaping or yard or coming up with kids ministry curriculum, we are being creative in the way God is and we're bearing his image. And then there's the idea of being in relationship. Um, we're reading the book. Oh, I should know the author, the company we keep um, about biblical friendships. And one of the things that they bring up in it is the fact that God is always in relationship because the father and the son and the Holy Spirit are in in a self-contained relationship with each other all the time. When God created man um, in his image, man had the need for relationship and didn't have it because he was all alone. And that's why God created Eve and, and the need for relationship arose. And um, so when we are being creative, we are bearing the image of God. But when we are in the need of relationship, we are being just like that God that needs relationship um, it's just that our relationship with people and God's relationship is with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mm -hmm. kind of in intact. So wh what you said when you said that that was your, um, the joyful activity, I was like, wow, that really just slam dunks it because it's creative in the image of God and in relationship in the image of God. So the joyful activity that I look forward to and that I enjoy the most is long car rides with you. Anytime I'm locked in a room with you and Without I'm not allowed a phone. to do anything I'm not allowed to talk because I'm concentrating on the ride, so it's just you. You're talking. You talk. We talk a lot when you drive. You're just not sucked into your phone or into anything else. You have to listen to me, <laughs> and you have to talk to me because it's boring not to. And um, to be fair, we do like listen to podcasts on long car rides, but then we like we'll pause it and talk about what we're hearing, and we process it, and we get to know each other better. And it's um. You know, my relationship with you is one of my greatest sources of joy in the world. And when that relationship becomes more intimate through getting to know you better, the joy is increased. And um, so I think that's, that's, I mean, it's just being in relationship, but it's also about loving people well and, and loving people with the kind of intimacy that God calls us to. All right. So we're talking about relationships a lot. What? relationships bring you joy non-family relationships you can't just say the kids again because that's mine <laughs> um three of the relationships in my life that are not family relationships um are my two best friends and my mentor i'm going to call her my mentor because that's exactly what she is and in those relationships those are three people in totally different ways we're we're seeking christ together um we are all on the same page about what we're aiming towards in the end, we get out, go about it in different ways. With each one of them, I receive so much. I learn so much. I grow by knowing the person better. And um, they, I hope, grow by being in relationship with me as well. And um, being around them and that growth fills me with a sense of joy and purpose um, that I can't really get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's unfair because you stole like the easy one. Um, our adopted sister, aunt, whatever we call her. Other mother to our children yeah. slash weird other child. Like our, our fifth family member. 
Yeah, but then again, that's it's non-family, so I don't think she counts. I mean, the kids' godparents, I find a lot of joy being around them because they're much better people than I am, but they also they definitely enjoy having me around. Christ, yes. Um, and so it makes me feel like I'm a good person. Uh, and that, and my friends at church, and I mean, really, it's my church friends. I pretty much only have church friends at this point. Um, but people just you have work friends, actually. People drain me. I'm not good with people. Um, it's a lot of energy to be around people. I think when when we when we kind of pre-gamed this particular issue, um, the kids' godparents were the ones that came up first, and my the- my hypothesis on that was that um, you feel the least likely to be judged by them. You feel the safest with them. You know that they are going to approach you with um, the kind of Christ-like forgiveness before it's even, before you've even said yeah, the wrong thing. Yeah, I think thing. that's more it. It's not that they won't judge me. It's that they'll judge me out loud and then forgive me for it. Yeah. So I know what I'm being judged for. And because I'm not an idiot, I know the things I screw up, but then they, they, they let, they give me some, some slack. There is peace in the knowledge that we are forgiven. And that is true when we are relating to other people yep. too. And there, you're obviously way more able to experience joy when you're um, in that piece. I think it goes back to, right, that intimacy that you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier of when you have a close relationship with people, an intimate relationship with people, that's the kind of semi-family relationship that we were built for, the the, the tribe, the the herd relationship that humanity was made well, the, for. The, the Christ family, yes. the, the body, you know, the church, the, yeah. the big, big... Humanity. We were yes. meant to be in relationship with each other, and when we have that close intimate relationship with people it is fulfilling and it is comforting because that's what we were built to do yeah and 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 christ came down to say one thing which is like forgiveness that's what you need to give each other and um when you have that knowledge that that's deeply rooted in someone's heart coming into a relationship it's easier to be at peace in that relationship so joel what sucks joy from you? What is your joy sucker? Stress. I mean, that's so generic, but like anything that brings like stress, uh, a lack of sleep. If I don't get any sleep, that sucks joy. Hold on. Dive into that because that's an important point a little bit. God meant for us to rest. We had a whole episode on that. You're saying that I cannot experience joy when I do not rest. I can experience joy. I just, it's so much easier to it's experience anger <laughs> when <laughs> no. I'm tired. Yeah, that's and, not a non-biblical thought. And, that is yeah. a very biblical thought. And the things that bring stress, stress at work, stress at home, stress with money, Lord save me from money, um, those things become so amplified. Be anxious yeah. about anything <laughs> but in everything, in prayer and petition. I, I okay, mean, we only have 30 seconds before we get a coverage strike. <laughs> Eight. Yeah, it's it makes it so much harder. Again, I I spend a lot of energy worrying about being taking it on yourself. I was gonna say having a personality that isn't terrible and obnoxious. That when I'm tired, I just don't have it, and I just hate everything and everyone. There you go. It's a joy suck. Um. So besides me, what sucks joy out of your life? Um. Pride, um, and seeking joy from the approval of others. Instead of intimacy with them, when I impress people, I'm not getting closer with them. Um, it's good to use my gifts 
for ministry and to inspire people to be closer to Christ. But that is done so much better through relationship and loving people well than it is through being smart or um, disciplined or capable. And I um, get so wrapped up in what people think of me that it sucks the joy out of what should be joyful things. My favorite part about this is the collective eye roll of everyone who knows you. Who oh, are I all... know. There, every, every person who listens to this podcast that knows me IRL is saying, oh, no, she is good at relationships. She does care about me, but she's also obsessed with what people think of her. And that's No, that's they're reality. all saying that you are an incredibly impressive person. And so they're yeah. all going to say, well, of course she feels pride in that. And I, I get what you're saying. I just think there's going to be some kickback of, why would Kathleen worry about that? She's amazing. Like, well, because no, it's, it's, that's it's the not, whole thing yeah. is, is trying it's, to uphold. Um, that's like you are impressive and that's fine. It's worrying about whether or not you're impressive. Mm-hmm. That becomes the problem. Well, just even having that be the focus of what I do. It sucks joy. Mm-hmm. I know that my relationships in kids ministry, my relationships with the kids are more important than the words and the things that I teach them. I teach them more through the way that I treat them than the things that I say to them. And that is just like a mantra I have to repeat to myself over and over again so that I remember it and believe it. And when things suck joy and you don't have the energy or time to find true joy, what are your substitutes? Because we all have joy substitutes. TJ Maxx, McDonald's, Chipotle, and Target and Goodwill. I shop and I eat. Food. I shop and I eat. I shop and no matter how much I shop and no matter... And sometimes when I really... I'm the most desperate for a a little high, a little shot of joy. Um, I'll be eating and it's like the food turns to sawdust in my mouth and I feel like crying because I know what I'm trying to do and I know that I am not accomplishing it. Um, And I, regardless, when I get to that point, and even though the food tastes disgusting and I can realize it's not satisfying me, I keep eating. I just keep eating. Yeah, because we're, you're human and we just feel like if I just, one more bit, you know, one more dollar, one more bite, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. These these things that that don't fill the hole in our hearts, but that feel like they should. So speaking of that, here's from John 4, 13 through 14. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him the spring of water welling up of willing up to eternal life. And that is the whole thing. It's like these things that are substitutes for joy, these things that are not of God, that do not relate to God, that they are not relationships, that they are not love, that they are not forgiveness, they are not seeking God, they will never fill you up and they will never be real joy. And the worst part is, um, is that you'll be dissatisfied with life because you'll be thinking that this should be a source of joy and it will never come. And you'll start giving up and you'll start. Yeah. I mean, you just, it goes back to really what you said in the beginning of it's not that God is going to give you what you want. It's that God is going to change what you want. God is not going to make a double che- plain double cheeseburger fall into my lap when I ask for right? it. Right? You will find I did that not completeness want in relationships. that you lady will... to come into yeah. <laughs> the office and freak me out today. But I needed that and he knew better what I needed than I did. So uh, the next thing is, is kind of how does this all apply in parenting? Um, and the most, I think the most basic concept of Christian parenting is that if you do want happiness for your kids, that it's like 
the easiest and hardest thing in the world. Um, it's easy because the answer is to teach them to seek God and reflect Jesus. But it's hard because there's so many cool toys out there that you just want to buy them and you just want them to be happy. And so that short-term high and happiness of a new toy, of new whatever, of watching a TV of show. Of achieving, of getting, of of being an A-plus student, of being, like, even being, like, good things, like being fiscally responsible and getting straight A's or and Lord achieving save us in winning sports. The race. Yeah. But if you're aiming for worldly happiness, even the good things like that are going to be tainted and used by the evil one if it's not rooted in a just bedrock of seeking God and reflecting Jesus. Yeah. All things of this world turn to dust eventually. And no matter what success you have, no matter what thing you get, it's not what will make you happy. You just, it won't. I find myself, even with a five-year-old, almost every single day, taking something that we're working towards and having to reframe it. He's being presented with the world's view of success and happiness, and we have to reframe almost every day something into seeking God and reflecting Jesus because the world's view of, you know, him being an excellent swimmer or a brilliant mathematician or whatever it is. We've had to work very hard on what do you say at the end of a race? Yes. Because he actually does win races. Mm, and he thinks he does. Even when he doesn't, he declares that he Yes, does. he does that. I won. And, I won all of them that time. And it's working with him. Of, that's not what's important. What's important is building the relationships with your teammates. What's important is how you treat people and yes. how and being um, kind mm-hmm. and being a good sport. And it's hard to teach him that when we're competitive with ourselves or when, I mean, you are a competitive athlete. Mm-hmm. You were a I'm very, very competi- competitive athlete. Not just an athlete. I'm, I'm competitive. Right. Everything no, but I, I mean do. like a, in the way that one would use that on ESPN, you were a competitive athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You weren't competitive. Like I'm competing with people. You were competitive. Like you did really well and you strove to do really well. And it was important to you to do really well. And you have worked very hard not to tell Dane that. And he picked it up anyways. I, well, I can tell him right away when it applies to this specific topic. No success really quench the thirst. The relationships of the people are what I remember. And the way I grew and the way I was formed by it is what matters. And that is what it's all about is reframing things so that you're aiming at the right target, the target of seeking God and reflecting Jesus and not at happiness. Okay, let's get to everyone's favorite segment. So last week I took Dane to so the zoo. that came up. Um, and I guess this is one of those moments where Dane revealed something about himself. Um, and I got to see a little peek into the man he was becoming. <laughs> <laughs> because as we're like walking, we're not really that far into the zoo. We're at like the flamingo zone of the zoo. And he looks at me and he turns and he goes, Mom, are people meat? I mean... <laughs> And I had to really like think for a second. I said, well, it's never right for people to eat people. That's not something that we would ever do. And that's not something you should ever do. And that's something that nobody should ever do. And then I was kind of like going to leave it at that. And he goes, but like, mom, to lions are we meat? And I was like, oh, 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess to lions. <laughs> lions would probably like to eat us. Probably a good safety thing to instill in him anyway. Um, and I'm like, yeah, and we're like. Yeah, because that comes up a lot. Well, you, know? you don't want him climbing over the lion in thing. California. Um, but anyway, so um, I had to explain. He, he is really starting to understand the concept that animal that meat comes from animals more and more. And he unfortunately made the logical jump that that could include people. Um, and I had to explain to him the moral nuances between people eating people and the fact that, yes, technically to lions, we are in fact meat. But not if you are very careful and don't go over the enclosure. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> On that note, let's pray out. Dear God, please help us be joyful. Please help us find the joy we are seeking. Help us look in the right places for that joy. Help us understand that the places we are looking are probably not where the joy is. And that if we turn to you and we turn to what is real in this world and what is good and the things you have created for us to make us joyful, that we can find that joy. And please help us help our children also find that joy in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos pod at gmail.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.